Our lives intersect the lives of other people, groups, or even whole governments. What happens next is what I explore in this podcast. Welcome to Intersections. I'm Brett Dickerson, your host. Welcome to another episode of Intersections. I'm interviewing Matt Payne, who is a film, television, and travel writer. Now, Matt, tell us a little bit more than that about what you do right now. Sure. Um, I, uh, I've i just recently moved back to Oklahoma City after 15 years working in Los Angeles, where uh, my career began on the television show 24, where I was a uh, first a set PA, and then a, I worked in the writer's office. And after realizing that I, I really liked the writers and what they did... Uh, uh, and I like their their sort of lifestyle and the vibe of the writer's room. Um, I decided that I wanted to sort of go down that path. Okay, I just heard a term already that I don't know. Yes. And I bet our listeners, some of our listeners don't don't know either. Sure. You, say, you said you started off as a what? Uh, Sound a, like start with an a, S. A writer's, uh, a production assistant. I started as a set production assistant and then I oh, became... Oh, okay, okay. And then I became a, uh, a an office production assistant. Okay, and, what does a set production assistant do? So there are two components to uh, to a production. There's the there's the production office, which is the sort of administrative side, and then there's the set. So right. um, uh, the set, um, you know, that's where they're filming. So you're w- where the lights and the camera and the action are, and uh, you're working 18 hours a day. <laughs> and I spent my first. Uh, first evening uh watching a pig making sure that it didn't make noise to disrupt a shot so um it's not really the sexiest job uh and it's a long it's a long way to to get to the top so i liked what the writers were doing more uh so i moved to the administrative side got to know them and then they kind of brought me in to work uh kind of as their their little errand boy and so i would get their starbucks or pick up lunch or whatever was needed and uh pretended like i was an active part of the storytelling process so that really is the way the way you start in hollywood isn't it that's it from the ground going up. to get going to get lattes and watching pigs and, and that's it that is totally it it's yeah. uh, not it, not glamorous at all hard at work all. really hard work a lot of hard work a lot of perseverance uh yeah, yeah. it's pay, it's a waiting game it's a if you, if you can <laughs> the longer you can hang in there the more likely you are to succeed <laughs> now now matt i i uh, of course recognized your byline from 405 magazine i've written a yes. few things not nearly as much as sure. you have for 405 but i recognize your byline because i had written a few things for 405 sure. and and so when i was at the writer's workshop, uh, one of those mornings when everybody's trying to wake up and whatever at Dead Center Film Festival, yeah. and you were on a panel there. Yes. So, so uh, what you were talking about there, what you know, and the room was packed. There, obviously, a lot of kind of aspiring script writers yeah. uh, there yeah. at, at Dead Center, sure. really eager to hear what you guys were saying. Yeah. What was the most interesting question that you heard that, that morning from that panel, anyway? You know, there were a lot. Um, and the question, uh, the, the the sort of theme that I heard in, in, in a lot of the questions were were really, um, you know, people want to know how to, they, they, they don't really want to know how to write. They want to know how, once they've written, how do they become a writer? Um, and uh, So a lot of people have written scripts. It's just they can't they can't get any traction. There were a lot of people right, that have yeah. written scripts and didn't know what to do with yeah. them. And there were a lot of people uh, that had written scripts um, that had tried to do things yeah. but, but run into some obstacles. And there were people that had ideas that they wanted to, to, right. to turn into scripts. So I saw a lot of different kinds of people that were trying to do yeah. 
a lot of things, but none would really consider themselves writers. Um, and so as I as I hear these questions, you know, I, I I felt it was important to remind the audience that you know writing a screenplay isn't quite like writing a book or writing an article for, for a magazine. There are right. a very finite number of films get made a year, and they cost a lot of money right. to make. And so um, the sort of first step in approaching writing is to really fall in love with the craft in the same way that someone who paints falls in love yeah. with painting. And yeah. they don't necessarily paint because they want to mm-hmm. hang in the Louvre. They paint because they love painting. Right. Um, yeah. And, and I, I, I sort of believe that screenwriters and writers in general, yeah. no matter what it is, um, should begin to approach their work uh, that same way, you know, keeping in mind that the goal is, of course, to get it made. But but the journey and the learning part, um, the revelatory part is in telling yeah. stories and letting them unfold. So, um, Matt, you're a you're a very prolific writer. You have you have stories in every issue of four or five magazine. You mm-hmm. you've uh, written a lot of scripts before. Is yep. is the love of the craft what has really propelled you along the way that that's just a lot of work Pe- people don't really get how kind of gritty writing is i mean even as little writing as i've done com- compared to you it, you know it's hard work you know you really mm-hmm. you really have to be willing and ready to work really really hard to make that story happen or make any kind of thing happen when you're writing well like that is that is that what has propelled you along yeah i i really i i fell in love with writing i i'm in a i, I wouldn't say that i'm in a slump now but i'm doing a lot of things and um, I, I, I don't do what I normally started doing, which was I, I wrote every day. Now I write an article for 405, and then I'll you know write a tweet, and then I'll I'll uh, I'll write a screenplay with somebody, and I bounce around and work on a lot of things. But when it originally started, you know, I knew I wanted to write screenplays. But what really sustained me was I would get up every day and I would write, and I would write about what happened in my day, and I'd find interesting ways to frame yeah. the experiences that I encountered day to day. And in giving those experiences structure and shape, um, I began to sort of learn how to tell stories. Um, I think effectively, and and then I would apply that same theory to whatever I was doing, whether it was, you know, a, a comedy sketch, which yeah. comedy is kind of where I wanted to start. And then I moved into hour long dramas. Yeah. Um, I, I just brought that same energy. And what I loved about it was, is I love the discovery aspect of, of, um, of writing. So I work for 405 as a travel writer. Right. And what I love about traveling is I like going to a place where I don't really know what's going to happen next. I know the place and I know yeah. the terrain and I know the culture, but I don't know what's going to happen in my own personal experience. And writing is a lot that way. You, you approach a story and you think of a story that you want to tell and that's kind of your country mm-hmm. and then you sort of begin the journey through that story mm-hmm. um, becomes your in telling that that's where it comes to life um, and, and and that's the way that I sort of approach it um, writing is an adventure for me and I and I always love that and that's what's always sustained me I love surprising myself uh, and when I do that's when I know I'm writing well does your do, do the travels that you go on um, to to end up writing great travel pieces does living a a life of unexpectedness mm. like that does does that help in your creative process when you're creating fantasy things or fictional uh, yes. kinds of stories yeah yeah definitely you know i i i, I that kind of primes the pump doesn't definitely it? does yeah. um in my workshop i uh in my creative writing workshop i actually talk about that and how you know the world has there's a lot more ideas that exist in the world right. than exist in our mind or that our mind's capable of figuring out and um so what we do is we i, I like to t- i like to have people do and i like to personally do exercises where um i, I let the world inspire me it's found words found sentences found right. phrases letting be those experiences and those interactions with people be the thing mm-hmm. that drives our imagination because um, it's a lot easier than sitting down and scratching your head and going gosh what do I want to talk about today you know um, it, it's got a lot more color to it um, it one one thing that, that that happened to me recently just to sort of 
give you an idea about how, how one thing sort of leads to another. Mm-hmm. And it's this, this travel piece that I was doing for 405 Magazine I was in. Uh, I, I did Ponca City coming out in uh, next month's issue. And I wanted to see the Tallgrass Prairie. So I went to the Tallgrass Prairie. Um, this is a couple of months ago. and I But I went in the wrong way. And I came out into the town of Pahuska, which I'd never even heard of. <laughs> you know this town? Yeah, I know that town. Okay. It's, a, it's a beautiful old town. It's one of My the most gosh. beautiful old towns in Oklahoma. Hands it down. Is. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's apparently it has the... It, 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 it's uh, it's the first Rolls Royce uh, store west of the Mississippi was there, and it used to be this very right. wealthy town. It's yeah. got this wonderful, yeah. wonderful Main Street. Anyway, so I stumbled across this town, and I was like, "Well, I, I really want to write about this town." And but it was a mistake; I'd gotten there by mistake. And <laughs> and uh, then I found out that the Pioneer Woman is opening a store there um, yeah. because her farm is the Drummond Ranch, right outside of Pahuska. Okay. And she's revitalizing this town. So suddenly, this story became very vibrant. And next thing you know, I found myself on the Tallgrass Prairie with this cowboy who. <laughs> Had grown up in on the tall grass prairie right. in yeah. one of the on one of the ranches, and he was giving me a firsthand account of what this place was that I was only slightly curious about when I did a story of Ponca City. So I walked away with something yeah. incredibly rich. Yeah, and the writing experience is that same thing. It's it's yeah. letting a mistake lead you to something mm-hmm. amazing. So yeah, so the 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 writer that that really doesn't want to get out of the house, um, just really enjoys just sitting by themselves. Is it is it likely to, that 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 kind of highly introverted writer is going to have a bigger struggle coming up with with new ideas because they're just sitting in their house all the time? You know, I think uh, so much of that depends on their imagination. Right. I know that I couldn't do it. <laughs> you know, that isn't the yeah. way that I work right. um, at all. But there are a lot of writers that do that. Right. But, but I would be willing to bet that the majority of those writers, um, while they're not out traveling around yeah, the, the right. world or the state or even their neighborhood, uh-huh. what they're doing is they are reading a lot. Right, right. And that they are in a, the world of Tolkien, yeah. they're in the world yeah. of Martin, they're um, reading strange fiction that that, that I'll never mm-hmm. hear of. Terry Brooks, people like that. Yeah. You know, and of course, I'm assuming they're all fantasy people since they're locked up and introverted. But no matter <laughs> what the genre, they're, I guarantee yeah. they're reading a lot. They're watching a lot of TV. Right, yeah. Um, but what they're doing is they're writing a lot. They're um, just keeping their mind fertile with new things, absolutely. new ideas. Sure. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. Um, tell me tell me what is, what is the hardest thing about screenwriting? You know, um, it, it just seems like to me that would be incredibly difficult just mechanically, just, uh, you know, to write a script like that where you're having to write in so many directions and things mm-hmm. like that. Am I am I making that too big? I mean, it, it just seems like a really hard process to me to do that. It, it is. Um, and, and the real challenge of it uh, is they talk about overwriting and they talk about underwriting right, or, yeah. or, or uh, thin scripts, you know, and, um, you know, sometimes... So a thin, a thin script is one that doesn't have enough a th- a thin, description. A, a th- in th- thin it. script would be not enough description, so it would be like, um, you know, the, the action line would be, a man sits in a, in a coffee shop. <laughs> okay, well, tell me a little bit about the man. You know, because okay. you have a limited... So that's, no- a, that's a thin so script. So that's a thin script. But the thing about a screenplay is you have roughly, you know, 108 is kind of the sweet right. spot, but yeah. somewhere between about 100 and 120 pages to really tell your story as yeah. efficiently as possible and right. get in all the things that you need. So it's figuring out what information you need right. to you have to reveal whereas in a book you can live in a conversation and let it breathe and right. and you can write reactions in a right. script you yeah. don't really have the ability to do that so it's it's um, you you need to know what you would overwrite if you were to overwrite but know how then to edit out right. and get to sort of what the the kind of the the, yeah. the sweet spot of every single scene is and then mm-hmm. the other difficult thing is making sure that they all track you know yeah so um, so somebody who's new who wants to do screenwriting you know it seems like every year I meet 
I meet five people who say that they're taking a screenwriting course at one of the universities or sure. something like that. So lots of people, you know, seem like to me, if if in my, you know, kind of limited sphere, I run across five people a year. There's got to be even more people than that who are aspiring screenwriters. Sure. Um, uh, what uh, What is, I mean, how do you, how do they find the sweet spot there? You know, uh, I, that's something that comes with a lot of writing, but it also yeah. comes with a lot of feedback. You know, one mm-hmm. thing, that, that, another, you asked what questions people ask me in my yeah, workshop, yeah, yeah. is how do you handle feedback, okay? Yeah. And, um because some um, of it hurts, doesn't it's it? It's really horrible. At first, you really hate <laughs> feedback. It's the you know, um, but I, I've gotten to the where I genuinely love it, and I get feedback from people that I really, really trust, mm-hmm. um, and I listen to it because the thing is, as a writer, it, it, it's you know the story, but you might not be articulating it in a, right. in a way that actually resonates with the person who's reading it. So to you, you're like, well, he was sad, you know, but the reader might say, well, he didn't seem sad to me in that coffee shop by himself. <laughs> he, he, you know, he's like, no, he, well, you might want to incorporate that. Um, so what what I have is you know I have a group of readers and people that I know and I can mm-hmm, trust that mm-hmm. I can send things to and I know that they're going to do it and I'll, I'll I'll give you an example from my career path. So when I when I first uh, when I wrote my first script for television, um, well there's a couple of stories. I'll tell you. Anyway, I, so I'd written this script uh, for I'm trying to think which one I want to tell. They're both it's both just me getting destroyed. They just have slightly <laughs> different outcomes. Both good, um, but. Uh, but, um, you know, I went through so many, so on this, this television I show that I did with a guy named Jay, uh, Jason Lee, we, mm-hmm. from My Name is Earl and different right, things, yeah. um, there was a show called Memphis Beat, and it wasn't a big hit, but anyway, I wrote uh, an episode of it, and I kept track of my drafts, and at this yeah. point I'd written a lot, I was probably my 30th script to write, um, and one of my first to actually get produced, But so I'd written a lot of scripts, part of the, the thing, but I went through, there was a stack of scripts, almost a foot high in my office, of notes that had been incorporated right. uh, from different people from actors from showrunners and mm-hmm. you know the showrunner being the person who's in charge of the right, show the yeah. show creator and wh- they all had different perspectives and so every time they would do it I-, I would make their adjustment based on the actor's notes on the character uh-huh. based on the creator's overall concept of the show right. um, you know and different voices based on what TNT wanted specifically mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. show and what I realized is like everyone has good ideas and everyone brings something to it and the more that you listen the more you begin to fine tune yeah. what your script looks like so to the people that are here that are writing their first script one you have to write a lot of scripts this isn't a one-time thing and yeah. so many people are like well you know i have this one story that i've always wanted to write about and, you know and that's it and they so and they should write it but they, they should write but it. they can't stop there but, right but yeah. but you, you know it, you you should write that and you should write it for yourself because right. you really really want to make it but yeah but to get really good at anything you've <laughs> got to do it a lot you know right um yeah. the idea of just writing one script and and then just going out and selling it and then having you know uh you know warner brothers pick it up and turn it into an oscar winning movie is really Really low, you know that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of steps that, that sort of it have sound, to take place. It sounds like a very collaborative process. It is and quite collaborative. What I'm hearing from your description here is that is that the start the start for you really not not just writing practice, but practice at at collaborating with other people who were giving you feedback, kind of tuned you up for probably sure. a tougher but similar process once you actually started writing, yes. where you're getting this feedback, but but you already were oriented to, to handling feedback. Sure. You? Yeah. 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 And, and you so grew- it's practice, kind of emotional yeah. practice, really, in emotional. a lot of ways. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the, and the one th- you know one thing about it is that um, a lot of what will happen is people say, especially good people, will say, "This this does this serve what you your your story?" Right. They'll say no, and they'll broom it out. So a lot of times, you know, when I read people's scripts here, they'll be 125, 130, 140 pages. Right. That's way too long. Yeah. And the reason is because no one's taught them how to get rid of their stuff. And the thing is, yeah. I'm not telling you to get rid of good uh, 
you yeah, didn't yeah. write bad things. Yeah. What you wrote just doesn't serve the plot. So right. I'm going to tell you, you're going to sit down with me, and I will have gotten rid of a fifth of your script before <laughs> I even start talking about anything else because right, it's yeah. incredibly overwritten. Right. Um, but the thing about it is, I, I go back to this story of, of, of another one of the first shows that I ever wrote. I, I I was trying to tap into kind of what my own truth was. It was a procedural legal show starring Jim uh, Belushi and Jerry O'Connell, but I'd written a scene that was... Um, it was, a, it was a, just a legal show, but I wrote one very, very sincere piece kind of based on an experience that I had with my father who I'm extremely close to. And so I wrote this piece and I turned it in. I was like, oh, I, there's one thing in there that is like really genuinely me and I was really proud of it. And um, the showrunner came back and was like, no, this isn't it. I don't, this doesn't fit in the scene anymore. So it's out. We're not doing that. They're not having the balcony scene. Nobody's reflecting on anything. So he's out. I'm like, God, that sucks. That was it. You know, like that was the thing. That, that was, was it. That was the big thing for you. I was so But it punk, had to go, right? had to go and so you say it has to well you know so then we you know continued on with more drafts and we got yeah. to a point where suddenly Greg was like hey what about that thing that you wrote about the, the thing with the Wrigley Field and the thing? and so that right. went back into the script yeah. and so they went and got it and they put it back so I guess the moral of that story mm-hmm. is that just because people are brooming things out of your scripts and, and an idea doesn't work in one context it can always right. work in another and it's what it's really about is every time you write you're creating kind of a kind of a story inventory you know yeah. and, 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 and just because they're taken out doesn't mean they go away and just because an idea doesn't work now doesn't mean it won't ever work. Um, so. Sounds like sounds like you really have to know what to fight for and really not to fight very often no. for stuff. That's right. You, that, you, you have to fight very seldom mm-hmm. for something and and to really be really sure that that's worth fighting for. If if you had thrown so. a big fit about this one thing that was really important to you, that would have distracted the whole process, might have gotten you sent out the door or whatever. In, sure. Instead, they, they come back and retrieve the thing they threw out. Yes. Anyway, sure. if you'd fought over it, then right. the whole thing, you would have been canned. The whole thing would have... Yeah, so, totally. so it's a good, a good example right there about how throwing a fit, being a prima donna throwing a fit being too too tied to stuff it you know it really is a collaborative process sure especially when you're the low guy on the totem pole you know there's and the writing staff there's a huge hierarchy and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of experiential difference between the guy on top and the the low guy and you know you just they know you know they really do know and so you you need to listen to them so uh and and you know the thing is that if you let you know the first time that you 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 know you finish your first draft your first script and you're so proud of it and you write the end i know what a thrill that is it's a rush the last page you're writing like 10 seconds because you're flying through it and then maybe it makes you get emotional because you're, right, yeah. you're almost to the end and then you write the end and you're like yeah I got it and uh-huh. then you're done and you know somebody reads it and gives it back to you and right. it's all marked up you're, it really hurts your feelings yeah because you think you did it, but you know, that's it. That's I part remember of it. In, co- in college, I was I was a religion major in college, and I I had all of my professors really read every essay that I wrote. Every test I ever took was an essay exam, mm-hmm. and I would work so hard on those, and they would just bleed all over those. They yeah. they would have red writing on the whole back page. Yeah. They they would end up writing more than I had written originally, <laughs> you know, yeah. and ju- and just tear it completely to pieces. Yeah. Um, one time, I I literally went back to my dorm room when nobody was looking and cried. I mean, it was just yeah. yeah. So so it it but but eventually though, I got to where yeah, I could just take that. That's just a part of the process, sure. you know. Is that is that kind of what go, goes on with sure. screenwriting? Yeah, and, and, like and, and you also get to the point with with writing, and this is the same case in my travel writing, where mm-hmm. you know I turned in uh, an article for a, for a national magazine a while back, and uh, and it, it was a historical based magazine, and that really isn't my style of storytelling. And this guy gave it back to me, and he'd redlined three quarters of it, and I I signed the story over to him contractually, and I was like, well, then I'm not doing it, like I because I disagree with you. 
I don't I don't yeah. agree. You're wrong. But I think that in my 15 years of working as a writer, I have a right to say that. And I yeah, know sure, that yeah. I disagree with this guy. And well, it's yeah. not accurate. Yeah. But, you know, to someone who's new in writing, if they have a national editor from a magazine editing their story, they need to listen to what he says and say <laughs> why he does it. And I can listen to that guy and say, okay, look, I know why you're doing this yeah. for what your vision and your job is. Right. But for my, my vision mm-hmm. and my story and my job, that ain't going to work. So we're not going to do that. It still has your name on it. It still has my name on it. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it needs to be a reflection of who right. I am. And yeah. that is important that, that that's the case. And, um, right. You know, I think that if your writing is good, in essence, doesn't matter how many thumbprints are on it. You'll you, you the, sure. the thread of truth that is ultimately the story that you sought to tell right. is 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 going to be the that's that's the key the song is in. Yeah, know? yeah. So so you're here now. Yes. Okay? So yes. you're in Oklahoma now. Tell me what you're doing now. Um, I'm doing a bunch of things. I, I, I'm working with uh, a lot of different writers here. Um, I am teaching film production at the uh, Oklahoma City University, uh, okay. which I started earlier this week, which I'm excited about. That's production, so that is more the the mechanics of a, the set right. and all those sorts of yeah. things. But what I'm most excited about is uh, I started uh, I've started a creative writing and a screenwriting workshop, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm partnered up with uh, individual individual artists of Oklahoma IAO mm-hmm. down on Film Row um, on Sheridan, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm teaching courses in both creative writing which is essentially this idea of um well it's creative writing but but uh i approach creative writing from the the perspective of uh generating a lot of stories and a lot of different perspectives and how do we write so that we have a lot to write about and a lot to say and a lot of topics not we're going to pick one story and write it well that's something different um and then i have a screenwriting class which starts next month uh on september uh, 14th it's Mm -hmm. a tuesday night um it's an eight-week course and that is um that is uh screenwriting fundamentals so what I, I hope is that people will bring an idea or two or three to the class, something they really want to write, and I'll, we will go through all the steps um, that I have uh, experienced in storytelling, and I will, I've sort of picked and choose, chosen the things that I that really work for me and didn't mm-hmm. work for me, and uh, I'm going to highlight those choices, and step by step, we're going to build your screenplay into a finished product, and what my hope is, is that what I learned in 15 years of, uh, of getting notes, we can get through uh, in, in everybody's first draft of a script, you know? So I want to I raise everybody's IQ, and what motivated <laughs> this idea um, was uh, every time I would come home from Los Angeles, without fail, my parents or a friend or someone would say, hey, I know a guy like you were talking about, the five friends, you know, that take a screenwriting. Right. And they, hey, he's got a great, you know, writes to a book or he's, he's you know, his... his um, his mom was a nurse in the in the Vietnam War. Yeah. What you know? The, uh-huh. Everyone has these great stories. Of right. A wacky party gone wrong, and I <laughs> I would just and so then they'd say, well, "Can you help me?" And I'd be like, "Help you what? <laughs> what do you want me to do?" I, I just parachute parachute okay. in here and help me out. Yeah, let it. me yeah. just help you write a script that you're going to sell for a minute. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, so you know, sometimes I would get things to read, and I'd read, and and I'd say, "Okay, well, yeah, I, I mean, it's good, but I do you really want five hours worth of feedback? And do I have the time to sort of allocate five well, yeah, hours to make it right, better. Yeah. So I would I did it as often as I could, yeah. but what I began to find was that I liked most of the ideas. So I, I spent a lot of time, uh, when I was a poor assistant in Los Angeles, I would also read scripts freelance um, for a uh-huh. couple of different major film companies. Good. Um, and so I read. Is that, is that kind of how those get screened in the first yeah. place? Because I understand they just get like truckloads so of whole scripts sent to them. Just people just hoping that Tons. somebody will, yeah. It's more is than that, you could ever Is that imagine. how the studios do that? Is that how TV studios do this? Hire some freelance guys to just read a bunch of scripts and well, see what? Yeah, well, they see they, what you come up with. The studios in the in the production company they have development companies, and there yeah. are various people that work in the development right. part of it. And they're working with writers that they're that they're looking for new writers, but they're also actively working with writers that they have projects with. And people try to get in the doors of these places. It's the same 
same with agencies, same with same sure. with managers. Right. Um, and the, and the less close you are to that person, uh, so if it's a blind submission, the more likely the person reading your script is uh, a 19 year old intern um, who's just moved to Los Angeles, who took a couple of film classes, and you know compares you, you know, right tells you why you're not Alfred Hitchcock in a very sort of college essay style of of, of uh, feedback, and it's it's pretty frustrating. Uh, then the next level um, of scripts goes, it, they get outsourced to freelance readers, um, and a lot of them are read in house, but the ones that read in-house are typically by people that have a little bit or a little more dialed into what the vision of the company is. Freelance readers are literally, is this good or is this bad? So I read so many scripts and I saw which ones I liked and I saw which ones I hated and I hated a lot of them. But a lot of them I liked uh, and a couple of them I really, really loved. But the majority of the scripts that I've come across or stories that I've come across in Oklahoma, I've genuinely been interested in. And this is not, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I I, I really was like, wow, huh, I, that's, that really works. And there are a lot of problems with the scripts, especially if they're written scripts. We got a lot of work to do, but but for the most part, I loved them. And and the thing about uh, the people that are writing them is they really want to learn. Yeah. They're not like the, the in Los Angeles. Everyone's defensive, and you're like, look, <laughs> this this doesn't make any sense. You know, like where why did a dragon appear? <laughs> 20 minutes before the movie and there was no but they're going to argue with you that dragon's very important and they will and they'll they'll quote Coppola about why they could do and you're like stop it it will okay go back to your job right doing whatever you do and and stop doing you know um, but the people that sign up for your workshop they're they're they are there to learn they're there to learn and and find out from you what works and what doesn't work yeah so it actually is a little bit easier than than giving feedback to some prima donna it's not yeah yeah yeah, I mean, you know, and the way again, the way that I I try to the the lens that I like to look at the work is like I like to you know I want to make sure that these writers are excited. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you what excites you about the script? Like right. I could even ask that before a note session. What do you love about this? Like why are you passionate? Because if I can understand that and they can sort of front load telling me about their script with that yeah. information, I get a sense of what they want, why they wrote it, what the what the story is about. Then when I read it, I'm like, okay. They care. I, I know they care. I know they're passionate about it. And I can see past the, the structural problems, the quirks and idiosyncrasies in terms of the formatting, uh, and get to kind of what it really is. And I'd say, okay, let's sit down and talk about it. Here's 10 things I loved about it. And here's how we're going to make this way, 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 way better. But what you did isn't bad. And that's really the truth. You know, right. these yeah. uh, these scripts that I read, are, are they're all really good. And, and, you know, just some people need to focus on structure. Some it's mm-hmm. formatting. Mm-hmm. Some it's, it's dialogue. Some it's a little bit of everything. And I've read some that are just, they're just great. Great first, uh, they're yeah. as good as any Hollywood first draft. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've loved every everything I've read, and um, what I really, really love is the enthusiasm that people bring to it. I mean, these people, these these kids, and these these adults, and these retired yeah. people, high school students, they're passionate, they're psyched to be yeah. writing these stories. And- I came I came to your interest meeting. You know, you just kind of kind of threw a wide yeah. net out there and said, yep. "Hey, anybody interested?" Came to that, and I I kind of sat up toward the front and to the side so I could just kind of look at the crowd and watch yeah. the crowd. They were all really curious and eager and mm-hmm. ready to go you know yeah. Uh, um, so so yeah I can I can see that where the people the people who show up for this are it, it's probably refreshing for you to work with with people who are just ready to come there listen to what you have to say give what they have to give listen to what you sure. have to give and and to go go from there it, it probably is fun yeah fun yeah process. you know the the doing this the I, I didn't really know what I when I when I my wife and I decided to move back to Oklahoma, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew that, you know, I was just ready for a change. LA yeah. is such an expensive city.
city and I, I had yeah. enough connections and contacts and I was doing so much travel writing, which is a whole other component of my career. <laughs> right. That, you know, I, like I in the, the last couple of months of 2016, I was in Fiji, like four national parks. I went to Costa Rica. <laughs> right. Color, you know, and I was covering different things. And so um, anyway, we decided that it was time to make a change and I didn't really know what I was going to do. But this has just sort of evolved and, and it's been the most re-energizing. I, I, at first, if you had told me I'd be teaching, I, I just don't know that I would have I would have gotten it, but now I uh, I love it, and I, I get so much energy, and like I, I literally wake up like I did when I first moved to L.A. when like watching a pig, you know, scratch its rear end on a post was like really exciting for me. Um, that's the way I wake up now, and like I perceive my work that way. So anyway, it's been really really awesome, and I, I love the energy that, that that my students bring to the class, and I I just I hope I hope to keep you know continue to build it out, and maybe even Excellent. get one of these made. So Excellent, Matt Payne. Uh, one one last thing I want to say to you. Congratulations on your marriage. Thank you very just much. Got, just got married. That yeah. married. That's that's exciting. So congratulations to you and your wife. Thank you on so much. Your, on your uh, new marriage and uh, many years of uh, happiness in the future. Thank you that. very much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Matt, thank you so much. It's been a fascinating conversation about writing, about script writing and travel writing. Thank you very much. It's been a great interview. Thank you very much. That concludes our interview. There are several ways for you to catch this weekly podcast. Go to our website at intersectionsok.com where you can subscribe, listen to episodes, read the backstory, and see photos of our guest. On iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and our Facebook page, we are Intersections Oklahoma. On Twitter and Instagram, we are Intersections OK. I always want to hear about the cool people in your life, so write to me. My email address is ideas at intersectionsok.com. Steven Tyler is our awesome production advisor, and I am your host, Brett Dickerson. <laughs>